to the Clinch Podcast. If you don't already know, my name is Shay, and here on the Clinch, we just chill and talk fights. I am not a professional. I am just a fan sharing some thoughts on fights and a sport that I love very, very dearly. Now, before I do begin, I want to announce something. Um, I want to let you guys know that I have made a Patreon. Yay! So, um... No one, please don't feel obligated in any way, shape, or form to join. It's just something that helps me grow this podcast and live out the plans that I have for it and the ways that I want to grow it. I am moving into a bigger place soon, and I will have a dedicated studio area that I want to fill with equipment and a whole setup. I don't want to talk all about the setup because it'll give away some of the things I have planned, but... It is opening the doors for some exciting projects to add once I'm settled into that new studio. And the actual Patreon is composed of five tiers. I have the atom weight, straw weight, flyweight, middleweight, and heavyweight tiers. I hope you like those names. <laughs> I I won't take up the whole episode with the details because those details will be on Patreon. But lots of good stuff coming next month for patrons once I'm settled. One thing in particular that I am very excited to do is a series on Conor McGregor. It's been asked of a few times and I'm finally going to do it. I will set it up to where it is a multi-part series on just the rise and fall and overall influence of Conor McGregor and just who he is, where he comes from, what he looks like now predictions for the future, all of those things, I will completely break it down A to Z in a series, and that I plan to have available on the straw weight tier and up. So there's only one tier below straw weight, and that is the atom weight tier. So everyone, um, except the atom weight, sorry, fellas, <laughs> will have access to that series. And, oh, also, I may or may not be also having merch on there. So I'm very excited for that. And just with all that being said, I do want to go ahead and move on to the good stuff. And before the fights, I did feel that it was noteworthy to actually mention, mention something that isn't fight-related. And that was the graphics. I really did enjoy the new graphics. They weren't the usual busy design that the UFC usually has. They were crisper and just more straightforward in its presentation, so kudos to them for the improvements there. And uh, with the fight posters, too, I really have been liking the fight posters. Over the last several years, they've been really good. Um, So now actually moving to the fights, (laughs) let's move on to Alexia Lennox versus Jared Von Dura. I don't know why I have such a problem with pronouncing that, but I'm sorry, Jared. Um, oh my God, Alexi, <laughs> the the reversal, the reversal scene around the world was this was one of the sports highlight moments, and from a man who has had his grips in to the sport for such a long time, he made his UFC debut in 2014, and ever since, you know, he's been as stable in his own right, and I do want to just say that I didn't cover some unsavoryisms in his civic positions, if you can hear my air quotes, um, while preparing for this episode, which was very disappointing for me to read and just very disheartening for me to see. But the fight itself, which, you know, I guess is what we're here to talk about, was momentous. It was thrilling. That whole exchange was 
fantastic and the energy was so electric that was that was a great way to really get the night moving i think i believe that jared it took a bigger risk than he realized that he was taking and he paid for it dearly obviously it still showed skill and performance from him for sure but just the deeply well-nourished fight IQ of alexi olenic had just far embedded itself in enough to allow him to have this moment and that exchange to turn something that was looking something looking like something very dangerous for him he just reminded us who he was and pulled out an outstanding performance so i really enjoyed that that performance from him and now so on to mickey gall versus mike mallow or is it mallet i've forgotten already but omg oh my god <laughs> mma twitter hates jacksonville and like i don't blame you i i, I don't <laughs> i get it but you must admit that some dope shit happens at Jack's cards. That is undeniable. Mike hit that square on the chin for a highlight debut. That was, what more could you ask for from yourself? I mean, what a debut. I am intrigued. I am very intrigued. But you know we always gotta follow that debut up with a solidifier win just you know just enough to carry the momentum but the odds are in his favor to set him up for that pretty well what an eye-catching <laughs> what an eye-catching debut and moving on we had Raquel Pennington versus Aspen Ladd Rocky striking in my opinion is incredibly underrated and within the actual MMA community, it's not. So I'm not talking, you know, to like the people who I converse with or like follow on MMA Twitter or, you know, things like that. People who are ultra involved. But for people who are even well-versed fans in the sport, but not necessarily women's MMA there's a lack of respect, I think, for Raquel Pennington's striking. And on top of that, I think that she has consistently improved throughout the years and is finally rising to a higher level where she can showcase that severe striking skill, high-level intensity, but at the same time has a new composure with a refined fight IQ to back it all up and tie it all together. She seems to have been studying quietly and very intently to now emerging into a greater more serious threat in the division no i don't want to say this to take away from rocky but no real threat from aspen until of course the takedown in that third round but even then yeah. <laughs> rocky somehow showed increased physical strength which is crazy because she has always been strong as hell but you know she looked even more solid and held very well against the positioning that she found herself in in that third round and I also loved her post-fight comments about Aspen's corner. <laughs> it's, it's pretty well known that Aspen's team has some worrisome implications thrown around. So to hear that additional piece of the puzzle as to why that is, is interesting um, to add to the mix. <laughs> Especially when Raquel herself has never really been one as far as what we've seen, has never really been one to make such comments as those. She is a very honorable opponent and seems with 
anyone that she faces. So, you know, it just wasn't trash. <laughs> it wasn't just trash talk. But, you know, all of this not to take a single aspect away from Rocky's performance. You can tell that both she and Tisha really leveled up intensely with their camp, which, of course, then leads me into Mackenzie Dern versus Tisha Torres. And it's seeming like this episode might be a little shorter. There was so much meat in these fights that I really wanted to take time to focus in on the actual fights themselves. Of course, I had that fun announcement in the beginning. Something that, ah, makes me feel super giddy inside and all that, you know, fun shit. But what this is about and what I love talking about is the fights. And Saturday night gave me so much to go off of and... You know, so I am sorry that this might be a shorter episode, but it will be packed, I promise. Um, or it is packed, because we're probably midway through. <laughs> so, Mackenzie Dern versus Tisha Torres. I was so incredibly excited for this fight. On top of it, on top of the fact that I'm already a huge fan of both of these women, I was excited for them to put on that classic grappler versus striker fight. I think that for a matchup like that that I enjoy seeing, it's even cooler that it's for two people who I am an active fan of, if that makes sense. And the moment that I was most excited for was for the opening sequence, right? I mean, with with these matchups, it's always fun to see which way the pendulum swings, such as with fights like these, with such contrasting disciplines, it always makes for such a must-watch fight. I was so hyped to see which way the coin got tossed, and actually Mackenzie really surprised me with her willingness to stay in range with Tisha and engage in those intense striking exchanges. Tisha's striking is highly respectable, so engaging in that kind of intensity with a fighter like her, you have to have respect for that. And so in on for Tisha's defense, it allowed her to remind people of that, remind fans that if you are going to strike with me, it is could possibly be to your detriment. Um, it's something that you really have to prepare yourself for, which Dern did. And you, it was very evident that she prepared specifically to be in that range with Tisha. And for Dern, it gave her room to show how game she is at that level. So... Just the the surprisingness of those exchanges for me was so fruitful because it really highlighted both women. And for Tisha, like I said, it was more of a reminder of her skill. And for Dern, it was to show the improvement on that skill. And for Tisha, her patience was absolutely amazing in that fight. She was so composed. It was her shining moment throughout the fight. It was her theme to just remain present and composed during all those exchanges through the grappling and everything. She can also just strike from any level in such an amazing way, which that there <laughs> made it even more difficult for Dern to get those takedowns in because she doesn't really have a boundary of safety from Tisha's strikes. There's not really a level she can change, change to that makes it safe for her because Tisha will go for that at any level. So amazing, amazing style of striking Tisha has and on top of that it's not sloppy so <laughs> being able to strike at any level that she can it's still precise if nothing else this woman is precise and the submission scrambles were obviously intense as well 
Mackenzie just slizzard, slizzards. <laughs> she slithers around her opponent in such a natural way, in such like a wise way. Like she's a old master. <laughs> Watching her grapple, it feels like an honor. I know that sounds so lame, but it really does feel like an honor because she is so masterful in her craft and showed some great areas of improvement. And with Tisha, I believe that she was just sharper on the hands, of course, but, you know, for the level of striker that she is, that was a far cry better for Mackenzie from where she was just a few years ago. But as far as the decision, I will say that I do understand why it went to Dern. And it ties into another fight we're going to discuss in a minute. But what I observed is that this set of judges, they were looking for statement moments. Tisha scored well and remained consistent throughout the whole entire fight, but had less statement-making moments than Mackenzie had. So there's a statement to be made regarding the improvement of a grappler to hang on the feet with a high-level striker like Tisha than there is to be made of a high-level striker being able to defend from a grappler i i hope that makes sense just an interesting aspect to consider of the judges now before i move into the fight that i felt also suffered from this predicament let's talk about fight of the night (laughs) wow this was a fight this was a brawl um incredible how amazing these two perform they perform insanely well burns found his range early on and he went in and out beautifully for a great portion of the fight. I wholeheartedly disagree with the unanimous decision, but I'm not mad at all at how the fight played out and that Gilbert got his money. (laughs) I'm so glad that he got his money for that. This was the exact brawl that we all wanted it to be. The kick on the ground at the end of round two was so insane. And just from like that point on, the crowd was on fire. Like they were already on fire, but after that it was just chaos. Shemayev looked fresher in the third round, which unfortunately benefited the aesthetics in the eyes of the judges, but we as fans know that we can't ever just discount the grit and tenacity of Gilbert Burns. Like I said, I'm not sure how I feel like a unanimous decision, but ultimately it was an incredible performance from both men, a titan matchup through and through. Now, next up is, of course... Um, Pierre Jan versus Aljamain Sterling. I hope I said that right. I heard it's totally not Piotr, so I will never say that. But uh, Pierre Jan is what I'm hearing it's pronounced. I I told people that it was not going to be lopsided, and I was ding, ding, ding right again, baby. Don't you dare go to guess my sign after that. (laughs) Don't do that lame. Um, But yeah, I knew that it would be much more competitive than people were anticipating. One guy even told me that he would stop watching the fight altogether if anything other than Jan dominating happened. <laughs> you know, but, um, but jokes aside, I am so glad that I that I was right because we got to see a show and Aldo really finally set the record straight and proved a point. He proved the point that he set out there to prove. And I think it leaves more than enough room for trilogy talk for sure. Is it trilogy talk? Technical trilogy? Rematch? I guess. I'm not sure. Whatever it's considered, it just means more money on the table for these men, which I absolutely, obviously am all for. Let's get these fighters paid, baby. (laughs) From, From the start, let's start at the top. 
Sterling was the first to create like a loose forward pressure with Jan being more composed, you know, not not like lackadaisical or anything. He was just more composed, more reserved, more lasered in. But he did load up on shots quite often in the fight, which obviously isn't the most favorable thing to do. Uh, but point being, both men attempted, attempted some bombs pretty early on. Sterling got the back early in round two and had so much time to work from there since he got it so early in the round, obviously. I told people that this would be a possibility. And, you know, I really noticed that so many people remember the last fight going so much more definitively than it actually was. And that's not to say that, you know, Jan didn't absolutely, you know, put out a performance. I think with this, he, he absolutely did as well in a lot of moments. But it was just a higher level that was more competitive <laughs> rather than a complete smackdown. And Jan is very, very physically strong, obviously, so no easy task to be in the positions that he was in. But Sterling was able to rain down some incredibly heavy shots to completely dominate that second round. It was his world that entire round. Thus was the story for a large portion, for the better portion of the fight. Uh, people might disagree, but, you know, I, I can see their side, you know, but I do think that it was leaning that way. But the persistence was absolutely intense. It was so intense from Sterling. And Jan picked up, picked back up in that fourth round. <laughs> he initiated that with a nice little, like, mini flying knee thing. But then along the way, his intensity put him back into those compromising positions. You know, so... A lesson to be learned there. Sterling's loose style really worked marvelously against Jan's more rigorous approach. So he was able he was able to like like if Jan was a mountain, Sterling was the wind. Okay, <laughs> that is exactly how I saw it in my head while writing this. So I hope it makes sense. Basically, I'm saying that he moved with the current and he moved with the momentum, whereas Jan was focused on creating that momentum. I am curious as to how Jan tried to calculate Sterling's timing and how he approached that. Just like mentally, I would love to know because he he couldn't quite put forth anything offensive during those exchanges, which was really interesting to me. I a good example is with Tisha Torres. When when Mackenzie Dern was taking her down, Tisha would still strike and she would stay precise and you know she would stay a, a sharp shooter. And Sterling put Jan into some of the same positionings and Jan wasn't quite able to. So just so you have some comparison there to give you like a bit of a visual. Um, I thought that the last minute might have lost the round for Sterling, but I guess not. <laughs> I think this was the right call. I already had discussions with people who have disagreed, and I definitely see where they are coming from, totally 100%. But my take, while understanding I am likely wrong, was that it was it came down to statement making, uh, as I spoke about earlier. When you are in a situation where you have to put on a performance that is going to ensure you a win whether you knock someone out you submit them or you go to you go to a decision you have to make statements so that with these judges specifically i guess you could say 
that is what they were looking for. That is the trend that they had in the decisions that were made. And Sterling absolutely outshined Jan in that department. I don't think that there's a, de- a debate to be had there. You know, Jan, he <clears throat> didn't do anything too offensively, like I said, where he was in a compromising position where Sterling made these statements and brought the upset, technically brought the upset, but I mean, with the actual performance in the octagon, he shocked people. And so that, unfortunately, is an aspect of the sports scoring. You know, we don't have open scoring, so there's just like some, I guess, gray area that can be had when it comes to the decisions. But of course, the biggest rule, don't let it go to them. But at the same time, that is where I think that it was a right call. And I mean, it's not really the most negative thing in the world it it it's more money for both of these men because they'll 100 percent run it back so I, I don't i don't really see it down here i think we should all just you know chill you know stop yelling at me my dms that'd be great <laughs> um and then a brief word on the final fight of the night this one was bittersweet because on one hand volk is undoubtedly an absolute force and extremely talented but we all hate a zombie loss we all hate when he loses that one was what it was i don't really see a need to dive too deep into it but volk's high intensity style on top of his brick hands were star figures that night so that division has a high bar set uh with that (laughs) that is all i have with for tonight I had so much fun watching these fights. I can't wait for this next card. And yes, I mean Bilal versus Vicente Luque. <laughs> I know people aren't excited for that, but we got shocked. We've been getting shocked on these cards, and who knows, next week might be a very fun, crazy eventful week. It may not, but I'm still going to have fun talking about the fights either way, as always. Thank you all so much for sticking around and checking me out again if you are returning. And thank you for checking me out, period, (laughs) if you are new. And again, no pressure with the Patreon. I will put the link in my Instagram bio. And just do whatever you want. You don't have to. It's just stuff that helps a girl out to grow her podcast. All right. Well, with all that being said, I will catch you all next time.